Thank you for tuning in to the Garage Cast. This is your host, Armand Hawker. This episode is brought to you by the Armand Hawker Project. Today's guest is Shiloh Kenny. Oh, welcome to the uh, welcome to the show, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, in my push, I know that I have a I have a platform that I can help people with, whether it's for uh, dealing with stress, stress relief, anxiety, and depression, or if it's eating disorders, yeah. or if it's uh, weight loss. I've dealt with all those things. I have to find the angle of attack, and then I have to work on my personability. I have right. all the ideas in the world. Unless you talk to me for like five minutes, you're going to think I'm a jerk. I have pretty bad RBF from a distance. <laughs> I so so to say I look intimidating. Yeah. I don't believe that at all. Yeah. But uh, that's what I'm constantly told. So I have to figure out how to make it so that if I put myself out there with this positive message, people are w- actually willing to approach me. Which means right. smile more, say hi more, do simple things that nobody really thinks about. But unless I go out of my way to do it, I don't marketing me the way I am right now. Hey, this guy's going to help you work on this, this, and this. Yeah. Well, why does he always look so angry? Why does he always look tired? Why, why can't I just walk up to him and say hello? Well, you can. So you just have to work on making that personable part, uh, part of what you're pushing out in your message. Right. So that's definitely, I'm going to, I want to start either a podcast or a YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do both. I'd pick one or the other and then push that hundred yeah. percent. But, uh, as soon as I figure out my avenue approach, that's what's <laughs> That's what's going to happen. It might be easier and quicker to just do uh, YouTube because you already have the uh, the camera on your phone mm-hmm. and you can do it through the app or whatever to yeah. just upload it straight up. We'll see. Because yeah. I, uh, I do all of the videos from my phone now. I used to have a separate uh, standalone camera and um, I just got, it, they get outdated. The, kind of the uh, video quality can be poor. Which, when you're watching YouTube, the first thing you see is the video quality. Mm-hmm. Forget the thumbnail. Thumbnails are easy. But when it gets to the actual video, if the video quality is poor, it can discourage some people from uh, watching that aren't already loyal fans or who or, or that don't want to already listen to your um, whatever message you're trying to right. uh, tell them. Which is 100% true because yesterday I was just looking up um, reviews for some sunglasses I saw online. Right. First three thumbnails, you could tell that the picture was crisp and clear and mm-hmm. the person had a good um introduction to the video and then there was one guy that looked like he had that weird fisheye look and it was just kind of grainy yeah clicked on his video last right just because look at the video quality yeah. the thumbnail the one line and the video quality you can see before you even click play yeah so those are all three are important but uh the video quality is the biggest factor because if it looks great and you push play and it sounds grainy and then it's just not good content it's not gonna be interesting to watch yeah um I think I'm doing it again now. You're talking about um, pushing out a message for uh, depression or, you know, suicide, just bad thoughts. I mean, I like I like Instagram because it really limits you to get your point across within a minute, right? Mm-hmm. But the way I also do it is I'll take that Instagram one minute and push it to my YouTube channel. It's maybe a preview. But if you have that, um, that, uh, that thought process to to kind of make it short and sweet um, under a minute to get your point across, be positive or whatever you want to be. That's what will make you approachable. Not so much 
smiling and doing cartwheels. But, I mean, seriously, because I used to get that a lot. People used to say, I think I still do. People used to say, man, you always look sad. I never thought myself to be happy. But uh, people will say, oh, you look sad. What's wrong? What's wrong? I said, what do you want me to do, cartwheels and, and jumping jack? What, what exudes happiness? I'm pretty happy. You know, I, I enjoy my life. But what do you want me to do? But for something like what you're trying to do, it may be as simple as sitting there with your phone and, and the way I try to do it, just like with my podcast, whatever idea you have, you know, you may have talked to someone that day. It may be your actual thought and you just go, man, people, people are awfully sad because, you know, like, like recently they didn't get, they didn't get promoted to chief. But it's, it's no reason to, you should be, you should be sad, but let that sadness drive you to do better. Don't let that, don't sit in that valley, man, because that's where depression and loneliness and rejecting people that are trying to get you out of that, that's where that comes in. So if you have that thought, I mean, you can do notes real quick or you can, whatever. But if you do it on Instagram, one minute, and you can do, you can do so much stuff, hashtags and everything, one minute, these are the thoughts, and you could just have an ending message. And be positive. If you need some help, reach out on right here. They're already watching your video. They're already engaged. If they get to the end of that minute and that call to action, reach out on right here. That's when you get comment and comment. And, uh, uh, what do you call that? Direct message. That's when you mm-hmm. get that interaction. And that one thing, that one minute could change somebody's life, you know, because I'm, I'm horrible for it. So you're talking about one minute on the uh, stories at the top of the page that scroll? Or are you talking about one minute posted on your page? Uh, um, I'm not really familiar with stories. So okay, I, then I you're talking do, about posted on your yeah, page. because okay. then it's, it's there eternally. So mm-hmm. just like my stuff, you can go back to, I don't know when I made my account, that first post, whatever it was, and see, well, that's what I was thinking on that day 87 weeks ago or something. So hopefully you'll never, you may change your avenue of approach as far as being approached for help or something, but I think you should always have that out there. You know, 1-800-CALL-ATT, hopefully that thing is still up. You know, even though we don't, we, you know, we use cell phones, we're off of phone cards, but in theory, it should be still a way to contact people. So if you would, that, that, that is 100%, man. My wife, she's, she's like, you are always pushing other people, man. Why don't you push yourself? And I never see it in myself. I mean, I, I have a podcast, obviously, right? I, I see it enough. Yeah. But with you saying that one thing right there, I go, well, yeah, dude. I'm, no offense. Yeah, dummy, do it on Instagram. Because as soon as you said that, I went, all right, Instagram, easy day, you know? And it depends if you have an Instagram, a Twitter account, or your Instagram can get pushed to a, a Facebook page that you made for it, or whatever, however you want to spread that word. But I go, there's so many people on Instagram right now. And YouTube is so flooded, not with that niche, however, but it's so flooded with videos that it may be, to try to start it there may be tough. Because I, uh, I have a YouTube channel and I have a, a, a VidMe channel. I can put the same videos up at the same time and I'll get 17 more you know, views on VidMe than I do on YouTube. Mm. And it's just because the VidMe pool is smaller. And... Uh, you can categorize your videos under podcast or whatever you want specifically. So somebody's looking for that. So I look at the same way as uh, with Instagram. So the, like the algorithms they use for your hashtags or I don't know, however it would be, the people that look for that thing or run across that thing and like that video, they'll start getting more videos about positivity and you know whatever, however the algorithms, algorithms work. But yeah, man, that's what I would do. Okay. 
Maybe I'll make my first one today after the podcast. Why not? Sounds good to me. Why, why not? <clears throat> it's 2017. Got nothing but time out here. Yeah. Um, and, and YouTube has all these crazy new algorithms. So the newer you are and the less popular you are, the lower you are on the totem pole. So how does yeah. the new guy build his base? Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, Instagram is probably a good way to attack it. How do you do it? Uh, the, way, the way I say, how do you do it without selling your soul? Because there's a lot of, uh, not, not shock jocks, but there's a lot of people out there doing crazy stuff. And you go, is that, that's what, you're, that's what you want to do because you're doing it, obviously. But is that the message that you want, you know? Well, and if you're trying to, I legitimately want to help people. So if you want yeah. to help people and you get into this constant, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, you're losing the message. You're yeah. helping people. It's not you're awesome because you're helping people. You're just helping people. Yeah. You need to take care of yourself at the same time, but it shouldn't be all about you. You know, uh, I used to watch when uh, Periscope came out. Oh, I was so big on Periscope. And uh, this is when I was living in Maryland. And there would be people, I don't know if it's, it's not legal. There'd be people driving to work. And this is no, every morning at 8 a.m., right? They drive to work. And what would they do? They'd be talking, they'd be spreading the word of God. And it'd be the same thing every day. They'll read Psalms or whatever it is. And they talk about how Jesus did this and God did this, blah, 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 blah. And then every day they sign off, have a blessed day. And somebody's tuning in to that every morning, man, you know? And I don't know, because I've done uh, Facebook Lives, Mm -hmm. and to a degree, it doesn't matter if one person's watching or uh, 10,000 are watching. Those people want to put that word out because that's what they, maybe that's what helped them get out of bed. You know, that's what, maybe that's what helps them get through the day. Mm -hmm. So they figure, well, there's somebody else that thinks like that. Yeah. So yeah, man, if you did, if you did whatever, and whatever, however you want to do it, I'm not saying how to do it, but if you did something like that, Man, it's you'd be amazed at um, what thing can hurt and help somebody. Just that's just that easy, you know. And that's another thing when you put a message out. If somebody takes your word for gold, you got to make sure every time you're not giving somebody one-sided information. Yeah. So, and YouTube, the hardest part about YouTube is on Instagram they they're intending to follow you. You can run across a YouTube video. Yeah. That could be the one and only time you ever see that person. Yeah. If you have a continuing story message, you're catering to your followers. If you have brand new followers, they're hearing your message for the first time. You have to give them a 30 second to a minute rundown. This is why I exist. I've had a YouTube channel for a year. Yeah. I'm awesome for these five reasons. You should follow me. Mm-hmm. So it hurt, helps and it hurts. It helps with the new followers, but for the people that have been following somebody for five, six years, like I have with multiple channels on YouTube, right. that one minute update is annoying. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so it's necessary for new people, but for your followers, it's, it's a double-sided coin. Do it as little as possible so that you don't annoy the followers, but for the new people, fill them in as much as possible so they know why they should follow your channel, what your niche is, whatever it is you're trying yeah. to accomplish. Well, that's where you get into... Uh um, channel trailers on YouTube and um, only so only utilizing one minute of this video for Instagram and guess where the other seven eight minutes are mm-hmm. on YouTube yeah so that's where you can kind of make it full circle because I've seen people that do that they'll just go hop on Instagram and you know I don't know whatever they do and just talk about something or show something but it's in relation to whatever their, you know, their website is or their YouTube channel, whatever that is. And uh, if you follow them, if you really follow them, you're not just on Instagram, you're not just using Twitter, you're not just following on Snapchat, then you'll know you had to go here. But then a lot of that is, um, like I showed you uh, today with that, uh, that new 
uh, I guess in card, mm -hmm. it'll show you this is what it is, this is where it's available. So if you show, you show something like that first or you just say it, then people will know, oh, I want more of this, I'll go to these other platforms. Right. So it, it's, I mean, there's, there's literally a million ways to do things. And if somebody, the, the biggest thing is if somebody wants to uh, listen to your message or they're looking for that message, they'll follow you. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing when I was trying to figure out t-shirts, I really, I went to one video and all these suggestions came up. So I had to weed through the suggestions, through clickbait, through companies that I wanted to do, uh, this company versus that company. I had to figure out, okay, which one? Okay, I'll go to this one, and the next one, and the next one. Um, and what ha often happens with me is I may not subscribe to somebody, but I'll keep going to that same person's um, channel. Just because, it depends on how their channel is set up. It may be sporadic. Mm -hmm. But if you're, so, so if you set one up, your messages um, make today better than yesterday. That's it. Mm -hmm. And that could be not eating pizza. That could be, and it worked for me. Jokingly, every day I say, uh, every day I see the guy, I say, good morning, I'm happy to see you today. And it got to the point where he started saying it to me. It's almost one of those college experiments where you just, you know that doing that positive thing, not, not I didn't do it because I was lying. I was, he helped me get my pen, right? But it was just, let me try this. And it made me feel good. And when I started seeing him, I would smile. And he would smile. Mm -hmm. And then he started saying it back to me. And it was like, no, I'm, it's like your kids, no, I love you more. It's like, no, I'm glad to see you today. And it got to the point where, I don't know what that guy's day is like, but maybe that one thing coming from me made him go, well, man, I hope I see you, man. You know, like maybe I'll see him and I'll get that from him. That's what I needed. Well, and, and that would be the, the goal with self-worth and overwhelming positivity is if you create a positive atmosphere around you, so that bubble follows you everywhere. You say hi to everybody yeah. you see, you shake hands, you say, hey, you're doing well today. You killed that board, you, you passed yeah. your test, whatever it is. If they know that that's what they're going to get when they see you, mm -hmm. you're creating the bubble. You're yeah. making overwhelming positivity. They know if I'm near Shiloh, yeah. he's in a great mood all Always. the time. <laughs> and I'm going to be in a great mood just for being next to him. doesn't matter what happened right before I walked up. Or if I can't get out of that, that uh, bad place, if I can't get out of the negative self-talk in my head, yeah. I know I can talk to Shiloh, and he's going to tell me what worked for him, or just I'm going to get it off my chest and I'm going to feel a thousand times better. Because yeah. opening the conversation is the, is the goal, is what I want to do, because so many people don't want to talk about X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And on, it, it just, I didn't want to do it for so long that now that I'm willing to do it, it seems crazy to hold it in. Right. So mine would be saying hi to everybody everywhere I go. Uh, I know that when I started going to church, it drove me nuts. We got this invitation over and over and over Right. And eventually we said yes. So the pastor would make us stand up every day and say hi to our neighbor. 900 people out of 1,000 would stand <laughs> up and they would do it happily. Like, yeah. you know, hey, how are you doing? And yeah. then there was that, that 100 people. I was their king. I yeah. was like, I don't want to say hi to nobody. Yeah. I came here to feel a little better. Yeah, I didn't know you were going to make me talk to people. I don't want to do this. Right. Um, but just that constant, okay, now stand up, say hi to your neighbor. Stand up, say hi to your neighbor. What if it's their first time? You want them to have a positive image of our church. That's the that's the idea that got me to where I am. So kill them with kindness. Yeah. It works. Yeah. If you there's a guy on base every single time I say hi to him, no, nah, I don't want to talk to you. Like right. not literally, he just doesn't ignore or doesn't acknowledge me or he ignores me altogether. Mm -hmm. Um 
And finally, after almost five months, every time he sees me, hey, how you doing? And right. he way, he engages me because he knows he's going to get that positive response. Yeah. You never know. Maybe he said hi to a thousand people before me and none of them said hi back. Mm-hmm. He knows he's going to get that from me. So that's just kind of a small confirmation that what I'm trying to do is working. Yeah. Like, it, it is sometimes that uh, chipping away at it. Not that you're trying to be a nuisance, but you may, you may see somebody that at least looks like they need that. You know, and you can see it in kids. Kids running around saying, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. Giving the kid a hug, boom, they're back on it. Mm-hmm. All right, man, let's let's go out and do, you know do whatever. Let's get out of the house. Yep. Just that small change, man. And giving them something. If I'm not here, this is what you can do. Yeah. So fix the problem and give them a way that they know how to fix it too. Yeah. Which is, I mean, the thing that everybody's grandpa told them: teach a man to fish or fish for him. Right. What's going to help him in the long term? Right. So, and I'm trying to do both. I don't want you to not be able to survive your day if I'm not there. Yeah. That's not the goal either. And that's what, um, not, not intentionally, but that's what I hope for that guy at work, that he takes what I did, what I did to him. <laughs> what I, <laughs> but saying good morning to him, uh, hopefully he takes that and, and gives it to someone else. Because there's no reason uh, to do that to him aside from just, I, have, I haven't said that to anyone. Uh, I don't think, I don't think ever. So why not just be positive with this person? Why not, you know? But hopefully he takes that and, and uses that with someone else that may that may actually – I don't think he needed it, but I'm not in his head. But they may actually need it. They may actually go, um, you know, a month from then and go, man, you know, when I was down in the dumps, this and that was happening. Man, when I saw you, it really – it brought me out of that for those, you know, a couple minutes that we talked. And that got me through, you know, whatever, um, whatever situation I was dealing with. It didn't solve it, but it helped me. It was a springboard to, to get me back looking over the wall going, okay, I can get over there. Let me yeah. just keep going. Yeah. Which can be the hard part. What? Getting the spring forward. You gotta Getting find, the momentum. The I momentum gotta, starts from somewhere. You got to find it, man. And that's, and that's where you get um, <clears throat> depression and loneliness and people. Because it happened with me where you, you think you can get out of it on your own. And you can. But the problem is finding that thing that you go, well, like, I think for me it may have been working out. But that one thing that you go, man, I have 90% or 100% control over this. I'm going to take this and make this my thing. And then once that's going well, and just like you said, uh, if you get people around you, positive people around you, it, that, 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 uh, that circle will just grow. So if this one thing, I'm going to the gym, I'm killing it, and I'm getting the results that I want too, what, what, no matter what it is, right? Mm. If I'm doing that, it's, it's what they say about fat burning, right? Like weights and does for an hour and cardio or whatever. If you take that thing in the morning that you did and you knock that workout out, mm. now that pushes another two, three hours into your day. So now the things that used to bother you or that were bothering that you have no power over, you know, uh, your kids messing up in school or something that you, you can't really do anything about, it's helping you get through that. Uh, it helps treading water a lot easier. Before you were treading water, you were treading in sand, I guess, if you can do that. But it helped you push through that to look and go and, and maybe even find uh, different outlets. Because now, as a positive person, it seems like you want to talk more about certain things, You're more open to talk. Because if you know somebody's sad, they shut down. Yes. You know, somebody's not happier, but somebody's not sad, they're willing to. Because I've even stumbled upon topics. Uh, kind of jokingly and and I go oh that, that's a real thing 
well, all right, man, let's go over here and talk. And it can be everything about from, you know, uh, cheating spouses to, to money to uh, not figuring out, you know, if they want to stay in the military, all these things. And I'm never an advocate for do this right here. I'll tell you what I did. I'll tell you how I got through that. All right, I'll take this story and take what I did and look at my successes or failures, whichever story it is, and use that to your advantage. But I can't, yeah, I can't um, tell you what to do. I can only, I can go, I can give you this, this, this basket of groceries and go, hey, man, you have to feed yourself, dude. But the person that doesn't get the basket of groceries, the person that doesn't get the options, they're the ones that sit there and starve. They're the ones that's looking around going, I just, I just need some kind of food or help. And once they get that little light of help, all right, easy day. Well, and, and what you were talking about with treading water, it's crazy because anxiety, depression, stress, suicidal ideations, any of these things under this big blanket that we could just call stress for the meantime to make it easier, um, it's like a wave. So you may think you're good to go and you're at the bottom of the wave. You feel okay. All of a sudden you get hit with something. Your yeah. wife's going to leave you. You took on all this debt. You gambled. Right. Maybe you got a DUI and it's going to ruin your career. And all of a sudden you're back in it. Mm-hmm. You are drowning. You're by yourself. You don't want to tell anybody what's wrong because you want to be the tough guy. How do you figure out how to come out of that hole? Right. Um, and that's the hard part because if you have anxiety, depression, any of those things, you can be good for two years. Mm-hmm. And then you get that one thing that sets you off and all of a sudden you're in a deep, dark place. Yeah. Uh, and that was what happened to me um, when I got submarine disqualified. Uh, I thought that after the first five years of my career just being so-so, that I, you know, I got this new thing. I'm going to lose 85 pounds. I'm going to go to submarines is a fresh start. Right. And that's how I always start any new project, a fresh start. That's the best way. So if you start a new job and you want to lose a bunch of weight, you want to do all these things day one, if they all start together, you're creating this habit. So on your first day, your new job, you got up early, you did your meal prep, you did all these things. That's how you start that good positive habit. Right. So for me, it was going to submarines. I'm going to turn my career around. I'm going to do everything I can. And I showed up and I had this mentality of, okay, everybody else is here. They have X amount of experience. I need to volunteer for every single collateral duty that's available. Definitely. I just, I overworked myself. Uh, There was some over, I didn't work too much by by any means. Anybody that gets to listen to this that was on the sub, they know that I didn't work too much. Right. I put too much on my plate and then didn't have the support system in place at work to be able to deal with all those things. So when that fell through, um, so for me, I ended up, I started having panic attacks on the boat. Didn't want to tell anybody. Yeah. They were debilitating. I'm telling you, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Mm -hmm. Thought I was crazy. I thought all these things and they would last 20 to 30 minutes. Right. And if you Google anything about panic attacks, usually they're like 60 to 90 seconds. Mm -hmm. It's like a super, it's a rush of fear. Um, and it can manifest in all kinds of different ways. Maybe you pass out, maybe you, yeah. your heart beats really fast. All these things can happen. For me, my heart would beat really fast. I would start seeing um, stars and stuff like that, like I was going to pass out. Right. And just drenched in tears, wow. which is super embarrassing. That alone, it's isolating because we're guys. Guys yeah. aren't supposed to cry. Guys are tough. Guys, you can handle it. Tough it out. Suck yeah. it up. Suck These are all up. things that we get told starting in high school when you're doing sports. It's not even a military thing. So for me, I ended up, I hit it. I had my first one after I'd been on the boat for like 45 days. Mm -hmm. 
And it wasn't a matter, I wasn't afraid of being underwater or any of that stuff. That never fazed me. The, the first one's still a mystery. But everyone after that was because I was afraid to have another one. Uh, and I didn't, yeah. I didn't have an outlet to tell anybody, hey, this is what's happening because I was afraid I'd lose my job. It would end my career. All these That's things. Stigma, right. Stigma. And it, it's super isolating because if you think that if you ask for help, you're done. Right. And you don't know who to ask for help, you're it's over game over yeah you're gonna suffer until you can't do it anymore yeah, whether that break. means you quit your job or you lose your job or you make a really bad decision right. it can be anything even just drinking too much people go out and get duis you didn't drink all that alcohol and choose to get behind of a car, behind the wheel of a car because you were of sound mind yeah. You you did that because it's interference it's always right? you had some stuff going on. Yeah, you did that. You chose to drink because you were stressed about something that you didn't want to admit, and yeah. that's how you deal with it. That's how you have fun. I can't have fun without booze. Right. And you chose to drive. Um, so for me to get back on track, after <laughs> it was like fourteen months, fifteen months, uh, I had done two deployments. I was in control, um, which is I'm not going to talk submarine talk. Yeah, I was in yeah, an area yeah. that's, that's central for the whole boat. It's yeah. like the most exposed. So I'm sitting out there, and uh, I had a panic attack in front of everybody, wow. in front of my captain, my boss, his boss, yeah. just sitting there, freak out, full-blown freak out mode. I run into the bathroom, I come back out, and they were like, hey, what's going on? Right. I don't know. Because at that point, nothing was labeled. Nobody knew what was happening, so I couldn't tell them, this is what's wrong because I didn't know. I didn't know anything, yeah. I thought I was crazy. So I was like, you know, this has happened a couple times. It had really happened probably 10 or 20 times. Right. And they said, okay, you need to go talk to somebody. So I went to talk to somebody, and uh, they sent me to a counselor, and the counselor ended up being pretty good. <clears throat> and after three months, like mm – -hmm. There was a lot of stuff that happened in the sessions that yeah. would be way too much depth. But after about three months, they made the call to uh, submarine disqualify me. So I took a career that I had invested five years in, yeah. went to this submarine. Yeah. Submarine's supposed to be the fix-all. I went 1,000 miles an hour, lost almost 90 pounds, right. re-enlisted, got a new rate, went to school for a year. I did all these things. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it didn't work. I failed. Yeah. So there was a lot of guilt with that. Um, there was some, some questioning whether or not I would have a future in the military, whether they were going to make me separate. Yeah. And, uh, it actually started to affect my marriage. So the way it manifested for me, because anxiety and depression, they take all of your attention, especially if you don't acknowledge them, mm -hmm. they are selfish diseases and they make it so that the, your whole day revolves around them. So from my daughter between two and three and my son between four and five, Dad wasn't there. Yeah. He was physically there. He was mentally checked out. Uh, and I still feel bad about that. It's not something I could change. And I thought my wife was going to leave me. So I asked for marriage counseling. Went right. to our first counseling session. Uh, and the doctor said, okay, what's wrong? So we started talking. And it was mostly me. <laughs> right. And my wife, her jaw, like her mouth was open. Her, her jaw dropped. She was like, I can't believe you thought we were going to get a divorce. Oh, so you never told her any of this. This was all bottled up in you until you went to counseling. Yes. Wow. I, I wanted to, so she knew about the panic attacks. Yeah. She knew that work was stressful. I had a job that kept me on the boat till 
11, 12 o'clock at night. And then mm -hmm. I'd go back to work at seven o'clock the next morning. And I was still in the duty section, yeah. uh, which means every three days you stay there for 24 hours. So she knew those things. But when we went to counseling, especially almost never seeing each other because duty doesn't stop. It rolls on the weekends. Right. So you're on the boat more often than you're home. We went to our first counseling session and I laid everything out and the doctor immediately was like, what's going on with you? Mm -hmm. And I said, what do you mean? What's going on with me? And she was like, you know, you and your wife clearly love each other. You have some stuff going on. It's mostly communication based. And the reason your communication is poor is because you've shut down. Right. So what's happening with you at work? So I ended up telling her about the panic attacks and, and about, you know, all these things that had led up to it and how much pressure I put on myself. And she said, okay, well, I need to tell somebody. And I was like, no, you can't. We came here for marriage counseling. If you tell anybody, I'm going to tell everyone that we came here to work on one thing. You found another problem and you snitched and right. nobody's going to ask for help anymore. Right. So I, unfortunately I blackmailed this lady into not saying anything. <laughs> right. And it worked. Yeah. She said her, her uh, explanation was, okay, well, if you were willing to come this far, you self-reported. And if there's a problem, you're a grown up. I feel like you'll bring it up again. And I was like, okay, thanks. And I never went back. Right. So that happened. Um, and then I ended up having the panic attack in, in uh, that part of the boat that was really exposed. And that's when they sent me to the counselor that submarine has qualified me and ultimately uh, led me back to where I am now and finally got to a decent place. But the, the hardest part of the submarine was having zero support. And that's part of the message that I want to get out there. Mm -hmm. You may not have these problems. If you have 10 friends, I guarantee you, you have a friend that has these problems. Just right. statistically, there's always somebody in the group that suck, that struggles with uh, negative self-talk, anxiety, depression, suicidal ideations, or stress. Yeah. That's, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, whether or not they act on any of those things is totally different. But for me, they were pretty obvious in the workplace, minus the panic attack. I hid those pretty well, but I was checked out, mm -hmm. couldn't pay attention. Anything that they gave me to do, I had a lot of trouble doing because I couldn't focus on anything. And my boss, every single day when I would come to work, it, there was no good morning. There was no how you doing. There, in a, even our quarters, it was like, okay, Shiloh's here. What's he going to mess up today? Mm. And everybody would look at me. And, you know, it's funny to a point. Yeah. But then twice I brought it up to him. And I was like, hey, man, I am the constant point of attention. And we spend all this time together and I'm the only one catching the brunt of all this, right. this crap. You're, it's just so negative. All you're doing is telling me I suck at everything and telling everybody else I suck at everything and making it super public. Right. I need you to chill. And he told me that he was toughening me up and that that was his personality and I just had to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So that was killer because I went to somebody that was supposed to be receptive yeah. and say, okay, if you need help, I'm willing to help you. And the guy pretty much said, screw you. Yeah. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't um, uh, bringing the uh, issue, it, it, bringing the deficiency up to build you up. Hey, Shiloh needs some help with this because you can word it whatever way, but Shiloh needs some help with this. He can't get it right. Hey, he's going to work with so-and-so today. You'll help get him on. At least that way. Yeah, you're still put out there, but there's a solution to it. And you can still say something to the guy and go, hey, man, you know, you can just say we're going to take care of this. But at least that way, there's some sort of 
cover up to his personality or whatever it is, but there's a solution to it. Because everyone messes up, everyone has a whatever deficiency, but it's how are you going to fix it? And coming from <clears throat> any any supervisor, you know, uh, boss or even colleague, they should be trying to fix the issue, especially in that, I, I, I've never been to a sub or on a sub, but especially in that environment where I would think so many things are so much more critical than a, a surface-based vessel, you know, because, well, it's a submarine. Yeah. You know, so if, if Shiloh's messing up, that's, that's fine because, okay, we see what he's messing He's there. He's not hiding anything. We know he, he pushes the blue button instead of the red button. Got it. We need to show him not to push the blue button. Right. All right, easy. Yeah. But when, yeah, when you're uh, you know, the butt of the jokes, it doesn't, it's, it, 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 if you're the butt of the jokes and you don't have enough in you to fix it or you know why you're messing it up, then what's the, what's the use of bringing it up that way? Well, and I didn't have, some people did sports in high school or came from college sports or, or did any Those of these guys things. Are chumps. But they've gotten that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was a high school dropout. I was an only child, never did any sports. So I was that guy who lived with mom, never did anything. I mean, I was from Southern California, but I hadn't gone past Central California. I think I had gone as far as uh, Redwood, and I went to Indiana once when I was 11, (laughs) and my grandma took me to Hawaii when I was 16. Yeah. Other than that, I lived as sheltered a life as you could in California. But nobody that you go to work for knows any of those things. No. All they know is military, dude, over 25, been in this amount of time. He's got it. And they'll look at you because I've gotten it too. You play football, right? I go, no. Well, yeah, I'm 220 pounds, six feet tall, and I've never played an organized sport in my life. But they'll look at you and figure, oh, yeah, he must have played. He must have done this. Or he's in the military. He must have graduated high school. You know, whatever it is. Or he's in, or he's a submariner, so he must be this. No, man. All these things that, uh, and I kind of poke, not poke fun at my wife, but my wife has a college degree, and she'll do stuff or say stuff and go, you're a college graduate? All these things, they don't necessarily mean that one thing. Right. So you have to take into consideration uh, what someone's gone through, what, who the person is. And it, it got, uh, I tend to do that, you know, somebody's late for work, Everybody wants to cuss them out and picking up the phone and where the heck are, hey man, when, I, when somebody's late for work or didn't show up for muster, I'll call them. Hey man, you all right? You know, is that, are you dead? You know, whatever. And if they go, oh yeah, we're still, all right man, come into work, get your uniform, all right, let's go. Because they may be at home dealing with something and they couldn't get out of bed to go where they know they're supposed to be, where they're paid to be one time a day or you know, whatever for muster. So if you call with all this negativity, they may shut down. And I've always been like that ever since I've had to uh, uh, lead people, you know. Now, if they come in and go, ah, overslept, ah, you're a dumbass. But wake them up, get them in there, and don't pacify them, but let them know that, you know, you're supposed to be in here. Is everything all right? Because if, if, if things aren't fine, well, tell me. You still have a responsibility to be here or, you know, whatever your duties are. But you also have a responsibility to let me know if something is or may interfere with that. Let me know. But uh, yeah, that 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 almost it, it almost bothers me that somebody would uh, do you like that. I assume at quarters or whatever, you know, in front of everybody, when that's not the way or a way. It's a way to fix it if you are a certain type of person. Because my wife is like that. It's a, you're not going to jump over that six foot wall. She'll jump and keep hitting the wall until she gets over that wall. Hmm. 
But you tell me that you can't jump over that six foot. Well, yeah, I can't. I have a 12 inch vertical. I can't jump over the wall. <laughs> but if you say, all right, we're going to train to get your vertical higher so you can jump over that wall. Oh, let's go. I'll spend a year on it. Let's go. You know? Well, and that was even thinking back to a story of a guy on the boat. He was uh, late four days in a row. One day he was almost four hours late. Right. Um, he was hiding in a spot. They're called the outboards. It's just a spot on the sub that they keep either equipment that doesn't fit somewhere else or overflow. Mm -hmm. And if you crawl back there, out of sight, out of mind. So he's hiding back there, and he would go back there. He'd come into work early, go back there and sleep, and his plan was to wake up before everybody had to muster. Mm -hmm. So for four days in a row, he was late on the boat. So on the fourth day, nobody asked him anything. Took him in, everybody and their moms yelling at him. We get the one guy who's been there the longest, who's his like, senior supervisor, his senior chief. He said, hey, man, why were you late? Well, my uncle died. I didn't have anybody to talk to. I'd come to the boat at like four in the morning. I'd hide in the outboards because I couldn't sleep at home. Right. And then, you know, I miss muster. Everybody below that senior chief got reamed. Right. Because nobody had asked the question, well, man, why? why were you late? Yeah, we know you're late. We know you met, but why? And there's, a, and usually if somebody's making a blatant mistake like that and it's repetitive, mm -hmm. there's a reason. And it's a reasonable explanation. That guy, after the first day, if they had known that, they could have sent him to talk to somebody for 30 minutes. He gets it off his chest. Yeah. Everybody's aware that there's a problem. Or at least they're aware. Period. Yeah. So that you know to check on him. If yeah. He, he shouldn't have been four hours late knowing if somebody had known that his uncle had passed away. Because who knows what he's doing. Right. Drinking himself into a pit, making a poor decision, doing, you know, whatever. They should have known what was going on by asking. But so many people are so quick to jump down your throat. You messed up. I'm going to get you because you messed up. Yeah. Not why did you mess up. Mm. And um, there's a time and place for it. But, yeah, you, you have to – and you'll notice it when the squared away person, the, the A student messes up. Oh, it's crazy. But when the dirtbags always say, why, why are you like – and I've talked to guys. Why are you – what's wrong? Well, I don't know. All right, well, look, dude, this is what you do. You go home pressure uniform. Let's start there. And once that ball gets to rolling, their whole attitude changes. But it's coming down to why. Why is what's going on? Why are you like this? Why did your behavior change? Because if you figure that out, and it may not be you, because I've had people go, I don't want to talk to you about it. But hey, we're going to talk to some. All right, I'll go talk to him. Cool. Easy. I don't have to know why. My job or my responsibility is to get the solution. And it can be whatever. The solution could be, because I've seen it too, where, hey, this person that's showing up until 10 o'clock every day. Roger, cool. I'm not expecting that guy at 10 o'clock. Easy day. Mm -hmm. Because they didn't want to tell me why or whatever. What's going on? All right. But I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to be the problem solver, but I need to do whatever I can do to get to the solution. Because I'm the guy, I don't really want to know your business. You know? Especially, more so with gossip. Hey, you know, I don't care. But if it's something that somebody comes to me and is like, hey, I'm having these issues, or I pull that out of you. All right, well, now that's between me and you, right? And then we can go get help over here or take my advice or whatever. But, yeah, man. Well, and mine, so the scariest part <clears throat> of that entire experience on the submarine, submarines were cool. Yeah. I liked my job. I liked getting underway. I liked how close the crew was. And I don't want people to think that I went down there and got picked on and it was too much and, and I couldn't mm -hmm. do it. I had already been in the military for eight years. Who knows what caused that first panic attack? Right. Like it, I was on board 45 days. I didn't have any collateral duties. I didn't volunteer for any extra work. I was the new guy. Right. So whatever caused that first one, it's a mystery. 
it bugged me for a long time. Eventually, uh, between counseling, talking to my wife, praying about it, talking at church, all these things led me to believe that that is a lost cause. Right. There's a million things that could have caused that. Maybe it was something that happened to me when I was three and I didn't remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a compounding effect. If I'm with these guys 24 hours a day, I eat, sleep, and work with them. And when I say sleep, I mean literally. Yeah. We had Our division had its own bunk room. There was nine of us in there. So I slept within six feet of the guy who was constantly nagging me. Right. And even if he'd come in the bunk room, He'd come in the bunk room and he would make all these comments um, and I would be awake for some of them. Who knows if he was doing that just to piss me off because he knew I was awake or if he legitimately didn't know I was awake and he just felt the need to constantly berate me for no reason. Right. But it was a compounding effect of that first panic attack, not asking anybody what was wrong or what caused it, asking for help because it probably could have been stopped before it was a legitimate problem. Right. But it was that. It was, okay, I lost 90 pounds. This is my new career. Okay, the first five was kind of a wash. We're going to fix it now. Mm-hmm. I told my wife that this is it. We, f- we made a change that's permanent. I love my new job. All these things, there was all these pressures there that I put on myself that were totally unnecessary. Right. Now, I mean, I've been in 10 years. I've been here six months. I still have the new guy mentality. Don't jump in and ask for a thousand things. Show mm-hmm. up, find your place. Yeah figure out where you can make a difference and then find what you're good at. But on the sub, I just, I gave myself so much crap to deal with that I couldn't handle that. It just, it overtook me. And because I never asked for help and I wasn't willing to say, Hey man, I have a legitimate problem because yeah, I reached out to, to my boss twice and I told him, you know, I'm dealing with these things. I need you to stop picking on me, whatever. He didn't care. He wasn't receptive to it. And I should have gone to the next guy. But instead, I was like, well, if my boss doesn't care, nobody's going to care. Right. So it got shut down before I even got a chance to actually get some real help. Um, And luckily, I got to go to a a class that was a positive self-image class. It's through the Navy. Uh, It's called OSIP, Outpatient Cognitive Intervention Program. Yeah. Uh, And that was was kind of a game changer for me because it was... Sounds stupid to say. It was a safe place. <laughs> it was a safe place. Some of us were there for different reasons. Yeah. Um, but it really taught you, taught us to find the triggers for negative self-talk mm-hmm. because there was people there for um, anger, anger management, stuff that they really right. couldn't handle. They're breaking their fists, punching walls, really? scaring people at work. There was that. There was a, somebody else was there because he was dealing with some, some stuff with his kids that he couldn't handle and the mm-hmm. command realized that it was affecting his work. So they sent him. Yeah. So we're all there. None of us want to be there. I didn't want to be there. But by the fifth day we realized we actually learned what triggers us. Mm-hmm. So triggers can be, okay, I sucked at this thing. I'm just going to focus on why I sucked. Or you can say, I wasn't good at that. I'm going to find somebody that's good at that. And I'm going to ask them what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I've been working on since I got out here. If you have trouble with self-confidence, a big way, a big thing that you can do, do something every day that you don't want to do that's going to help you. So if all you do is play video games, go for a 10 minute walk. Right. Um, If you don't like talking to people and you're super shy and you're always mad, when you're walking to work, say hi to three people. Yeah. Every single day. If for the first week nobody says hi, by the second, third week, you're going to get that guy, somebody yeah. that replies back. 
uh, if you constantly eat like junk, try to replace one meal a day that is good for you. Do anything that you don't want to do that's going to help make you better the next day so that when you go into that next day, you have fuel. Yeah. I did this yesterday and I killed it. So I'm going to kill it again today. You do that for a while and you can change your entire outlook because you can, you've done, now you've done 10 things. You've been working on this for a year. You've totally changed your diet. Mm -hmm. You exercise all the time. Now you've lost 20 pounds. You feel better. Maybe you got a girlfriend for the first time. Right. Those are all things that people can do every single day whether you know this is an issue or not. If you're just feeling kind of down, you can attack it yeah. with this. I, ta- um, I heard a guy, his name is Joel Salatin, and he's a farmer out of Virginia. And he was talking about how, the same thing you're saying, he was saying about, um, he was talking about gardening and farming and, 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 and why, you know, why you had the chickens, uh, chickens grazing and cows grazing and all this stuff. He would, his point of that part uh, of, the, of, the, of the podcast he was on, he said that you need disturbance to grow. Whether that disturbance is weight training, whether it's, like you said, just doing something out of your comfort zone. I think Mark, uh, Mark Bell talks about hitting new PRs or try something different. You need to change it up, and it doesn't have to be something so drastic. But I've noticed differences saying, just saying good morning to people. There was, I mean, there was a time in my life um, where I was so... I've never been a religious person, but I was just so on this kick that every time somebody said good morning to me or, you know, how are you, how are you doing or something, I would always respond. I woke up today, man, God's good. I'm not a religious guy at all. I read the Bible, you know, whatever, every now and then. But that was my kick. And that, that one thing, at least for that, for when I said it, oh, man, I felt great, you know, and maybe it changed that person's day. But the thing is, yeah, change it up. If, the, if you... What I've noticed here and also other places is I'm bored. I tell my oldest, he said, I'm bored. I said, all right, well, what do you want to do? Well, I don't know. Well, that's the best time to do anything. Because I've, I've told I said, we can do anything. So you don't know what you want to do, you're bored. We can do anything. We can go skydiving. Oh, I don't know. And in my mind, I think that's why you're bored. You are such in this bubble of I'm doing the same thing every day and it's not stimulating my brain that I can't think outside of what I'm so used to doing that's got me depressed. At one time, it was great. At one time, playing video games and watching television. Dude, I don't even watch TV really anymore, you know, because it, it got to the point where I would just go, I've seen this premise before. I've seen these jokes. Oh, they're being raunchy. I've seen all this before. So it got me to the point where I just watch old shows, like Scrubs, like old shows, man. Um, <clears throat> but that disturbance, that change is what can get you out of it. I was... Um, I wasn't, this is when I got back from Iraq, I, I was, I don't want to say I was depressed or whatever it is, but I was in a bad place, and um, I went to a social worker and talking to him, I was talking to him a couple months, man, because he was, he was right on base and had the same schedule, so I was off Monday and Tuesday, so I would just go up and make appointments, so I'd go over there two, three times a week, but uh, what I ended up doing was I was like, well, I guess I'm breaking up with his girlfriend because she was always a topic of discussion and it, I wasn't invested enough in her to try to fix it because it was it was too far gone. You know, there was no fixing it. Words were said and I was just like, there's, there's no point in me being here. So changing that, all right, I don't want to be with you anymore. She flipped out, blah, 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 all this nonsense. But once I did that, I went, ooh, man, this weekend I don't have to drive anywhere to go see somebody that I don't want to see. You know, just somebody that, I'm going to argue with anyway. Yeah, and it was and it was so hurry. I'm not a, 
I'm not an argumentative person. I'm not a, 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 a macho man. You know, I can literally sit on that couch with me and my wife or girlfriend at the time or whatever and just sit there and watch TV and not say anything. What do you want to do? Oh, whatever. I don't care. You know, because that's just me. But this person wanted me to be that guy. We're going to do this. We're, I don't care. I don't care enough about nothing, not really personally, but I don't care enough to want to tell you what we're going to do today because yeah, I'm fine. If, if I want to go to a new Italian spot, I'm going to log in, log on to my computer and just, ah, what a new Italian place. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, just clawing and just mouth wide. I got to find a new Italian. I don't care. I couldn't find one. Guess what we're getting tonight? Pizza. You know, I'm, I'm fine. But um, once that changed, this, this, <laughs> this light came through the clouds. You know, I was like, oh, man, I can do whatever I want this weekend. And that was the first time I started going out again. You know, and, and that's, the, that's the changing. That's disturbing whatever your norm is. And not even to this day, I'm not a big person that goes out, especially the clubs and all that nonsense. I've grown out of that. But I'll go out just to be social, go out for an hour, say what's up to everybody. Oh, you guys taking pictures? I'll be in your picture. And I'll go home. But it's, the, it's changing. It's, it's changing things up. to. Uh, and once you do that, you start to see um, – the, I guess the other ventures you can do to bring happiness within, within a, I guess, a, not a safe environment without being too, too crazy, without doing something that's detrimental to your character. You know, I mean, I think my last upload was uh, on Instagram. I was at a party, and we were just hanging out. Music's playing. They got food. Uh, we're just hanging out, and there's a guy sitting next to me on his phone. I said, hey, dude, record this for me. And I recorded it. I recorded a video for Instagram to push my new sexy phone case. But the point is, if I did, if I never, if I just sat in my bubble and went, I, I don't go out anymore, I grew out of that. And I'm not doing house parties, I'm not doing anything. I would have never had that post that has whatever, 60 views, you know, whatever it is. But I see that that stuff works, you know, even for you. If you, you, you could have sat there and just had panic attacks. You could have sat there and been sad. You could have sat there and just said, well... I guess I'm getting a divorce, 70% of the military, you know, but you changed it. You said, well, all right, well, I'll go to counseling, you know, and then after counseling, oh, now that I have counseling, I have a springboard to even try this because now your wife knows. So now she can come at you and go, all right, well, kids, kids are asleep. It's me and you. Let's talk about anything that's on your mind. I don't know if she did this, but th- that's an opportunity because you changed one thing. When I had the best possible wife for the situation, uh, we've been together for 12 years. She's amazing. And she never looked at me like a sad puppy. Yeah. Oh, you're broken. How am I going to fix you? Right. No, she, she said, I don't understand what you're going through, but I'm here. Yeah. And somebody, it doesn't matter if you've never had anxiety or depression. If you know somebody that's going through it, just be there. Yeah. Just listen. If they have something to say, just listen to it. Because my wife, I, she'd let me vent. If I got that one day off a week where we were home after dinner time, the kids were asleep and I wasn't mm-hmm. on duty, it was two hours of me just just going to town. That's a lot of variables you just listed right there. Well, it, it's, if I'm home, not on duty, kids are asleep now. Ah, that's it's hard. I mean, everyone, I guess everyone in the military does it, but once you listed it like that, I went, wow, that's a lot of stuff that has to line up, and, and you're that, not sleepy. You know, like everything has to be. And that's the compounding effect I was talking about. Yeah. I went, so I have, you know, all these problems at work. 
to the point where my hand would shake when I was trying to put the key in the ignition because I was like, all right, he says it, it must be true. What am I going to mess up today? Right. That was the mentality before you I even stepped some... foot on my pier. Yeah. So he, I, it's not he. He didn't do it. I let him do it because right. plenty of people mess with you. Yeah. I let him in my head. I gave him the keys. He, he drove me around for a while. That, that dude right. messed with my head all the time. But it's, okay, you're not on the boat now. Stop thinking about the boat. Turn that part off. Mm-hmm. Can't do it. Okay, well, now your kid's in front of you. They want to play. Put on a happy face. Yeah. So I put on the fakest happy face I possibly could, but I still wasn't there. Right. There was a year of my kid's life where dad wasn't present. All I was thinking about was, okay, we leave in three months. Well, for two months, I can have fun. And then for the last month, I'm just going to be miserable because I know I'm leaving. Right. And something that I found for me personally, when I was in that class, um, I lived... 90% 90% in the future, 10% in the past. So I was constantly, it was all anticipation. Okay, well, I'm on the boat now. I'm going to leave tomorrow, hopefully by dinner time. When I get home, make as much as you can with the hour you have with your kids. Try yeah. to be as happy as possible. Stupid. You can't fake happiness. Right. If you go home in a bad mood, tell your kids, oh, dad had a bad day, and just play with them. Don't yeah. lie to them because they can tell the difference. Yeah. Or that, figure out how you can get them to bring you up. Because I've done it with my middle kid. What'd you do today at school? Because I'm just having a, a, just a crap week, crap yeah. year. What'd you do? And they'll, t- they'll tell you they read a book and it's the best book in the world. But because you, you kind of flipped it, you go, well, what'd you do today? Oh, I colored and went outside. You know, whatever it is, you go, ah, that's pretty good. Yeah. It gives you some light, you know, to, so it gives you something to, I don't know, how, how do I say it? It, it makes, gives you the springboard. Yeah, it, it makes it you. puts that positive step in so that, okay, you know, he told me about this awesome book that's yeah. only four pages, two words a page, but he loved it. And whatever's going on with you is still going on with you, and you may still be sad, but that, like I said, that two, three minutes or whatever, you're talking to this person, you go, that's pretty daggone amazing. And it brings a smile to your face. You go downstairs, talk to your wife now, and she sees a change in you, and now that conversation, whatever it is, can start back up. Vice, you just, oh, I had a horrible day. Well, everybody has a horrible day. Well, and the other thing my wife didn't do, she didn't force me to do anything. Yeah. Okay, I know you're jacked up. Now sit down on the couch. Tell me what's wrong. Right. We're not leaving until you tell me. That's a horrible. She never did that either. Yeah. She, it was an open conversation. If you need to talk, we can talk. Um, if something is worse today than it was yesterday, I'll listen to you. I haven't experienced it. I don't know what it feels like, but I'm here for you. Mm-hmm. And that's all that people that are going through that need. Um, some people it's temporary and they experience it for, for a day. My dog died. My yeah. girlfriend broke up with me and I'm only 15. There's a, there, you know, all these things can happen that make, can make you feel depressed for a, for a little while. Right. Cause depression is something, um, if you don't get diagnosed with it and it's not something that has to be medicated, it can be because of an action. So yeah. whatever that action is, you find a way to deal with it. You get better. But depression that gets to the point where you got to take medication, you got to talk to a counselor, you got to go to a class. It's a whole other animal. Yeah. And my wife never pretended to know what I was going through because that's the worst thing that you can do. Oh, I know what you feel. No, you don't. Yeah. You've never had trouble getting up in the morning because you don't want to deal with the next 36 hours that you know for a fact are going to suck. Mm-hmm. And negativity gets negativity. So if I had gone to the work, gone to work, and said, okay, well, this didn't work yesterday. I'm going to try it differently today. Things might have gotten better. But I went to work assuming it was going to suck for a guy who was going to treat me like garbage. Right. And 
a community overall that says, suck it up. We're going to figure it out. We'll figure yeah. out how to figure to finish the mission. Um, and it's, it's a rough place to be if you're in that place and you don't have somebody to talk to. Yeah. I think the worst part is uh, sometimes you have to go through something. You kind of have to hit bottom. So say, say right now you go to work, I don't know, next week, right? And something bad's happening. You, you look back and you go, man, I had a horrible week. Now that you've been there, not to say that you need to have this, but now that you've been at that low when you're on the sub, you can work yourself out of it. But I think what ends up happening is so many people get there and they don't think they can go anywhere. They don't think they can talk to anybody. And some people can bounce out of it. But it's, uh, I think it's the, the healthy way to do it, the best way to do it. And uh, for me, uh, when my mother passed away, it's so, it, it bothers me to this day. I can joke to my wife about it now. So it's just a little bit lighter, right? But because of that, I was so messed up. Now I care. I, I, I prioritize what I care about. I, I don't care about so much now mm-hmm. because that one person, that one thing in my life is gone forever, man. You know, and she was like 52. She was young, man. But um, she's gone. So it showed me what, in, in a way, it showed me what's important. Mm-hmm. So now when people, like I said, with gossip, I don't care. Get that nonsense. I don't care. I don't care about certain things. You know, people um, try to bring up things or drama or any of that kind of nonsense. I'm just like, what? Why are you? Even, and it, it, it goes to other people. When people tell me about certain things, why are you even worry about those people? Why do this, do this, and do this? You'll be fine, you know? And um, sometimes I just feel like you can't, you can't wait until you get to that point nobody wants to wait to get to the bottom you have to have some foresight and that's where like with your wife you know or anybody right if you have good communication they'll see something's wrong mm-hmm. you know not to say that you and your wife didn't have but if you have that open door if you have that good communication if you can if you're able to get ahead of it by having some good outs being social so check this out so it's so check this out we'll check this out man check this out <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> but say you in the, the little time that you had you played softball and you and your wife went over to these uh, other married people's house and had kids you guys did board games say you were involved in all of these things when you were stressing at work when this person was messing with you and I guess trying to uh, correct you the wrong way all of these people would have seen a change in behavior by either not showing up to this stuff anymore or showing up sad or out of it kind of zoning out or, or the opportunity to bring this conversation and topic up would have been in that group. And that's the benefit of being, uh, not overly social, but being social. But the bad part is stretching yourself too thin, similar to how you want to go to the boat and get all these collateral duties. So there, you have to figure out your balance. And luckily, another good thing about my wife is we were just talking about it the other night. If it was up to me and we didn't have kids, mm-hmm. we don't have to leave the house. Yeah. <laughs> anxiety makes it so that you don't want to be around people. People may or may I not judge you. People. You you don't want to think about what they're thinking about. And honestly, anxiety is something that if you walk into a room and everybody looks at you, you assume they're all saying bad things. Yeah. Maybe they're just looking at the fact the door open. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're just looking at you because they like your T-shirt or maybe they're looking at you because you walked in the room and everybody notices when somebody comes in. Yeah. But anxiety is is a beast. And it's something that not a lot of people realize unless they have it or know somebody that's had it. 
it, I didn't want to do anything. Yeah. My wife dragged me to my son's T-ball tournaments and right. I helped coach his team. And I, I did all these things because until it happened, I didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as I make it on the T-ball field, go Logan, go. Yeah. Like you, you get that spring step forward, that positive reinforcement. Okay. Today was bad for this reason. I don't care. We still have kids. We're still going to go to the beach. Let's go. Right. If you don't want to go to the beach, you can stay home alone, but nobody wants to do that. Right. I wanted to enjoy my time with my kids. Uh, and I think the only reason that she didn't notice that there was a big drastic difference. I mean, I was hiding my panic attacks from the boat, but she was aware of them. Right. Other personality stuff she didn't know because like I said, uh, four or five nights a, a week, I was there till in between eight and 10 PM. And I was also on duty and, there were all these factors that led it to where when we were together, I was still tired because I was just in between work sets. Right. So there was never enough downtime where I felt like I was 100% unless I took leave and got a couple straight weeks off, and I was good. Go back to work, back in the negative yeah. negative situation. And one of the, the biggest things that helped me uh, was church. Mm-hmm. So cut out the negativity and bring in something positive. If church doesn't work for you and you're into drawing and comic books, find a group of people that's into the same things that's maybe a little bit better than you are because if you hang around people that are better than you, you'll be better. Yeah. You'll want to strive for better things. Comic books, music, video games, anything that you can do to get out of the situation you're in and be in a better one with more positive people and eliminate the negativity, that's the big thing. For me, it was church. Yeah. Um. One thing that bothered me, it's funny, in December I got uh, baptized, and I thought, I was like, once you get baptized, no more problems. Oh, you're good. You're good. You walk out, and if it was cloudy, then the clouds part, you see the sun, debt disappears, you're always happy, you're always this, you're always that. Right. It's not true. No. (laughs) So you can ask for whatever you want, depending on what you believe in. There's still work that has to be done. Yeah. If I pray that I want to lose 100 pounds. Yeah. I still need to put in the work to lose a hundred pounds. I just know I have backup. Right. That's the only difference. And I was asking for, for everything, especially during that time, got an invitation to church, finally went to church. Uh, and it was my pastor constantly saying, okay, stand up and say hi to your neighbor. I dreaded that. If I could time it right, I'd get up and go to the bathroom so that I didn't have to say hi to people I didn't know. But he kept changing the time. He kept changing the time. <laughs> right. And I went to a uh, new life in Washington and Wes <clears throat> He is not predictable yeah. at all. So it could be at the beginning, it could be at the end, it could be halfway through. He may say, okay, we already did it once, I'm feeling it today. Stand yeah. up and say hi again. Yeah, I've, so, been, I've been there. It may be annoying, but it's so helpful. It helped me. Mm-hmm. It took me out. It was like, okay, I can come here and I get an hour of positivity. Okay, I can come here twice a week, I get two hours of positivity. Okay, I can do this, you know, this many days a week, but we can't go to church every day. Mm. I can read the Bible or I can do a, a study with my wife or just have a communication or, or a, a talk about something that we learned right. that week. And it was for, for me, that's what helped the most. I don't share that a ton because some people that pushes them away, they're like, I'm not Christian. I'm not listening. It yeah. doesn't matter. Find positive people that are into something that you're into, or maybe take on a new hobby and find somebody that's better at it than you are. If you know a kick-ass guitar player, Go learn how to play guitar with that guy. Spend some time with him. Learn how to be better at the craft that you want to do. And it'll just be a new thing to keep your mind off of whatever you're going through. Um, And something that was rough out here, I've had two friends since I came out here commit suicide. So that definitely derailed me. 
Right. No Bible study, no church, um, no men's group. All the things that I was doing to keep myself in that positive scenario of constantly, okay, you're down in the dumps. You still got to do these things because you know that's your daily maintenance. Right. Like anxiety doesn't go away. It's almost like an alcoholic. I may have anxiety the rest of my life. So I know I'm going to battle negative self-talk and I'm going to uh, battle not wanting to be around people. But especially in the military, you can't avoid that. Mm. I'm going to talk to big groups of people at some point. I'm going to be in charge of people at some point. And as soon as I pulled back and didn't go because my friends committed suicide and I was like, okay, if you believe this, how can that happen? Right. You can't control everything. And that was kind of something that I had to do. And I just, you know, running into you last week was totally random. And I had this idea and, you know, hopefully this helps somebody. But being around positive people is the biggest thing. Yeah, when uh, when we were talking, I and, and I remember what I said uh, when you brought up uh, coming on the podcast and talking about uh, just basically, you know, being sad, depression, you know, the whole it. Every, it's it's such a is a gambit the right word. It's such a um, not like a s- rabbit hole. Not sta- Yeah, it's, it's one, you can't get one without the other. Ten, you know. Um, but when when you brought that up, I, I usually don't do podcasts. Not they're not sad, but I try to. I try to do things in whatever episodes I do. I try to do things to either poke fun at something, just basically raise spirit, or, or I guess awareness, because you know fitness was you know the <clears throat> origin of the podcast, right? But when you brought that up, I kind of I never thought about it. It's something that I've, uh, I've, I've I've obviously dealt with. My mother raised me; she passed away, and just you know, like you were talking about. Uh, when you have multiple deployments and, and things like that. Well, and they weren't bad until I had a wife. Like, even, I mean, they're bad. Like, oh, man, I can't go to the store when I want. I'm not, I'm missing, my, my brother got married. Like, all these things that you take for granted, you go, oh, I'm not around it. But even in a deployment, you can kind of find a piece of, of, of pleasure or happiness, you know. But it's all, for me, it was always this underlying tone of, you know, why, why am I here? Why am I in the military? Why? What am I doing? Am I doing this right? Why am I even doing this? You know, there's this underlying tone, tone of, uh, I don't want to say depression, but it's, it's just, uh, the honest truth is it is. It's, it's, uh, it, I don't want to say it's depression, man, but there's just this, this uphill fight of trying to figure out, am I doing, what am I doing this for? Am I doing it right? You know, and that's where we were talking about earlier, getting the dialogue from uh, listeners or even just even every day, just people you interact with, you know, what is any, is any of this worth doing? And I've had bad thoughts. I've had thoughts about it's bad. It's messed up. I've had thoughts about uh, committing suicide. I, I want to say everybody has thought about it, but that's only because I've thought it's like me. Oh, everybody's thought about doing a podcast. No, but uh, I've had thoughts about uh, suicide. I was younger. I was like 16, you know, young. Uh, wasn't in the sports, wasn't in anything. So, uh, you know, what'd you call it? Um, not self-talk, but, uh, negative self-talk, negative self-talk. That's always been my dialogue. It's always been, eh, I'm not tall enough. I'm not fit enough. I'm not, I'm not filling the blank enough, you know? Um, but what I learned was, like I said before, you only have control over what you have control of. And if you can understand that, and not try to bite off more than you can chew, then you can make it through the uh, you can make it through the deep water. You can make it through the dark times. And if you can do that, and that's where helping somebody else comes in. 
because I've noticed that I can I can meet people that are just you know sad just to be sad you know whatever the, the TV show got canceled or something and then I can see people that something's wrong mm-hmm. you know and I can see that I can see through everything and go what and then I pull up a guy and says I go what's wrong dude ah like, oh, well you know my visa's messed up and I can't go see my wife I go, oh man okay how can we fix that how can we fix that? Like, you call her because. <clears throat> we get new guys all the time and first thing I said was oh I need to get a phone so I can call my wife every day blah, blah, blah. I said I didn't say it was the wrong thing to do I said look dude what I do what he's trying to do I just pick a day Thursday at 5 o'clock and call my wife if I can call her before then great so that'll be the second or third time I talk to her that week but every Thursday at 5 o'clock or whatever that's when I call her and that way it's easier on you being out here in a different time zone, different hemisphere. But for her, even if she doesn't answer the phone, you still call, you still leave a message, and then that's it. You guys can talk through email and all that stuff too. And when I told him that, he went, oh, yeah, I never thought about that. Because you're, like, you're, you're biting off more than you can chew on the sub. There's a, you can want to do all of these things to try to prove something to somebody. Whoa, let's, let's just keep it simple. Let's, let's slow down. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing I tell guys, you know, going to new duty stations. They go, oh, I'm going to go here. Go there. I said, look, dude, that's great. They do it. First three months, take care of business. Check in, get your quals, understand the job. Then you can finish your degree. Then you can do all of these things. Not to say that you can't do it if you just jump in and you just pile on all these responsibilities. But if you don't understand the baseline, if you don't understand why you're getting up every day, the one thing you have to do, like we were talking about um, before we uh, started the podcast about, you know, a YouTube channel or a podcast. No, that was on the podcast. We've been talking for freaking four hours, man. Uh, but you have to pick one thing to master. And once that plate's spinning, you can start piling other plates to spin. Right. But you we- can't spin 10 plates and thinking it's going to be all good. No, and you can't. Well, and that's something that, especially in the military, people are like, well, I'm going to show up and I'm going to get to D. Yeah. You still have to do A, B, and C. And yeah. you have to be good at A before you can get to B. You have to know, remember A and get good at B before you can get to C. Or you have a crap product. Yeah. Yeah. Or you're, you're spread too thin. The quality that you intend to put out isn't what's coming across. Yeah. Um, but, but something that you said to me last week that stuck out in my head, uh, I remember it was something along the lines of, you know, I've been through, you know, these things, these deployments, I've gone to Afghanistan and, and Kuwait and things, but uh, I wasn't a Navy SEAL. I wasn't a Green Beret. Mm-hmm. There's no prerequisite that tells your body how to feel. Oh, no. It's not fun. It's not cool. Like, no. I don't, I, it, I still feel this way. I don't feel like I went through enough to feel the way I felt at that time. Right. But it's beyond my control. Yeah. So if you haven't been shot at and you haven't done all the cool guy stuff, but you still feel this way. Right. You can say, I need help. Yeah. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter what you've been through. If there's something that happened to you 10 years ago that's weighed on your mind mm-hmm. and it finally hits you and said, okay, the, you know, I'm your brain. You're going to deal with this today, whether you like it or not. Right. You can't control those things. And I didn't. It wasn't the situation I was put in. It wasn't any of those things. Like, I grew up in high school with an only child, didn't know my dad. Mm-hmm. Mom worked double shifts all the time so that she could provide for us. I know that looking back, right. you know, good on mom. She was doing what she had to do so that we could live and eat and do all those things that kids don't know about. Right. But at the time, I was like, I'd rather live in a cardboard box 
and have my mom home. And that's where the negative self-talk started. Mm. So this habit started 10 years before I was in the Navy. Right. But once I was in the Navy and you get put in these stressful situations, these deployments, these field exercises, these, all the shooting we do, all these things, yeah. your brain's going to say, okay, today's the day we're going to deal with that problem that's 15 years old. Yeah. It doesn't matter when it happened. And there's no requirement. You don't have to have the coolest job in the world. You don't have to have a deployment. You don't have to get shot at to say, hey, I'm depressed or, you know, I had a panic attack or whatever. It may be something that you can address and fix and move on. Mm -hmm. But if you leave it alone, it's just going to fester. Like mine got worse and worse and worse. And if I had addressed it that first time, I probably could have fixed it. Yeah, I think people don't understand that uh, depression or panic attacks or, or, or just just being you know worrisome and you can't figure it out they don't look at it like a cold because if you go outside right now you go back to your place and you have runny nose you're coughing you're sneezing your eyes are red you're gonna go ah it's a nyquil because it's a it's kind of an open forum to to fix it but anything else especially mentally and i've always noticed that uh like i was saying when i was uh fasting uh doing intermittent fasting your brain chemistry is is, uh, is it volatile yeah it's so volatile like the smallest thing will change it, you know, looking at a pair of uh, boobies the first time you're like, oh, wow, look at a pair of boobies now, clothed or not clothed, you go, eh, it's breast, all right, you know, but that's just as easy as your brain will change. And when people get sick in the, in the mind, in the brain, when they get depression or they get sad or, or they can't focus on things, and I've noticed, oh, man, I'll, there's a reason that I have five or six tabs open on my computer because for some reason I just can't focus. I'll go here and do this and that. But um, <clears throat> when it comes to uh, getting help mentally, people think because there's no, unless you take pictures or video or just listen to yourself talk, there's no definitive change in you like there is when you have a broken arm, when you have a concussion, mm. when you get sick and have a cold. Because people think, oh, no, I just, you know, no, I just got some stuff going on. Talk about it, dude. You know, and... And I've said this for, for a while that you may not need to talk to a shrink. You may not need to talk to a, a, a counselor, a, a, what do you call them? A social worker. Just talking to your friend for a month straight, every day. Hey, man, you coming back over tomorrow? Or, or tell him, hey, I'll be back tomorrow. Talking to that guy at 5 o'clock every day for a month, that's what gets him through. He doesn't need uh, uh, Xanax or listen, uh, you know, whatever pills are out there. He doesn't necessarily need that. Sometimes it's just talking about it, talking to this person that you trust, and they can get you through it, through advices. Hey, man, did you try that thing? Yeah, man, yeah, me and my wife, after the kids went to bed, we just sat and talked. Did you talk about the problem? No, man, we just talked. It was great. Well, there it is. Mm-hmm. There's that uh, open door. And that's uh, – I'm not a big uh, – proponent for you know pills or whatever i'm more about hey dude just talk about it go exercise you have to do something to 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 let your body heal itself because your body did it to itself you know what i mean the uh, you know your mother doing whatever some uh repressed memory came back up that's why it's a memory it's in your brain it's in your mind back there in the corner just hanging out waiting to pop up when you're 51 years old you did something when you were 12 Mm -hmm. uh if you can identify that and go, why am I thinking about that time that, you know, and I've, I'm bad for it because I'll say certain things or do things and I'll just, I'll, even to this day, I'll just close my eyes and shake my head and go, what was I thinking? It's not, it's not, it doesn't throw me off on my day, but there's times where I wish I could go back and talk to that person and go, yo, I was a jerk, dude. 
just to say that and then I'm good, you know? But your mind tells you, and as an adult, as an adult male, you go, I can't, I'm not going back, you're stubborn, I'm not going back and telling that person that, or I can handle it. Maybe you can't, dude, but so many people think they can, and that's where you get the change of behavior, not wanting to go outside, not wanting to do anything. Kids, the kids are probably the happiest kid, happiest thing out there, right? Especially, you know what, from like two to five, they're just whatever. Anything is that we're going to get ice cream or watch a TV show or daddy's home, whatever it is. And you can't find a joy in that. You might want to talk to somebody, you know? Well, and, I, and I'm a constant work in progress. My wife and I had this conversation two days ago that small part of my brain like it's like an alcoholic it's never going to go away so yeah. I, I was talking to her okay i'm going to go on leave for 30 days so i'm going to enjoy the first 25 and the last three i'm going to be bummed out that i'm going back to the island and uh. my wife was like why why are you a month from coming home yeah and already thinking that the last three days are going to suck mm-hmm. so my new goal uh something it's not like there's you can't practice this but uh it's definitely every time that I have to say bye to my kids, hopefully it's not for a long time. Right. But every time I say bye to my kids, I want to be the dad that's playing with them up until the second I get on the plane. Yeah. Happy smiles, hugs, kisses, games. Right. I, I was always jealous. I remember going on one deployment to Spain, watching one guy like break dancing on the flight line with his kid and they yeah. were having a blast. Yeah. And I was sitting there moping, you know, yeah. crying, talking to my wife, telling my son, I'm going to miss him. Why? Right. Why not? Make the memory that your kid has right before you got on the plane the best the one best. possible. Yeah. Um, I did pretty good before I came out here. Um, all smiles and everything. It didn't hit me till I, I got to the island that, okay, I'm really away from my family and I'm right. really on the other side of the world. Uh, last time was the best I had done. And as long as I can get out of that anticipation, that 90% in the future and just get there and be in the present, like I'm not going to turn my phone on. Right. Uh, I'm not going to do a lot of things because I had a friend just went on leave apologize on Facebook. Sorry, my phone didn't come up for four days. Why? Your yeah. wife's there. Your kids are there. Yeah. What do you need your phone for? Yeah. So that somebody on the island can say, hey, we need this. You're on leave. I'm going to bug you anyway. Yeah. Like, that's stupid. So I'm not. I, and then that's my current work in progress. That's yeah, the man. current goal. Um, so I'm going to do everything I can for the next month to go out there and have a blast with my kids. Dude, I was at home. I think I took 13 days or 12 days. I think I was at home. 10 days or something like that that's not enough time <laughs> but i knew that yeah. right but so what because yeah. I, I i know a guy he didn't take leave because he's like oh i gotta leave it's not gonna come back to this island i'm like worth it dude worth every every mile flown worth it mm-hmm. leaving the island all right i'm going i'm leaving the island i'm going over i'm going i'm going home right it was amazing and this is the first time i mean i didn't have a family until 2013 but it was amazing to see my kids, to see my wife. And I was like, well, I'm here. And the first two days I was jet lagged. So I was just, oh, miserable Marvin, dude. I was so tired. And my wife was like, yeah, you were tired the first two days. I was like, how do you know? So like, you were cussing a lot. I was like, oh, wow. Because uh, I guess I curse when, I, when I'm sleepy. But um, every day, man, playing with my daughter. To, I went, uh, went bowling with the oldest. And the middle kid, he's like, whatever. He's just like, hey, you're home. Gave him a hug and he's showing me stuff. But it's, you have to just be in the moment. You know, you have, you can't, you can't anticipate sadness. Let's say sad, sadness is going to happen regardless. But you want to be so high that your sadness is still pretty good. You, uh, what I did was uh, when I was at home, 
Uh, I specifically, and this is uh, my my daughter has an iPad, right? I didn't buy it; my wife did. But I recorded me and her specifically for her iPad. I recorded it. I recorded me and her talking. And I don't know what the heck we were talking about, but I told my wife. I said, "Put this on her iPad." Because she has like pictures of me and her and my wife, and just pictures of the family. So they put this video on her iPad so she can hit play and hear her and her dad talking and whatever she thinks she thinks. But I was recording stuff at home just because I know how it feels to get videos of my kids and get videos. I watch my wife on Facebook, was Instagram Live, but um, I know how it feels. So when I went home, I specifically would record my daughter. Why not? Just record her, hey, babe, you know, whatever she's doing. Because I knew I'm already going to be sad leaving her. I know that's going to happen. But you don't have to be so sad. You don't have to be so down. Because every day that goes, you're you're a day closer to seeing them, in theory, for a longer period of time. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm getting closer to seeing my family for 30 days. A 30-day chunk, vice a 10-day chunk, I'll take that any day, you know? Um, and then where I'm going next, I won't have to worry about going out on these things anymore. I'm just, I'm there mm-hmm. for whatever a year. So it's always, it's, it's like we were talking before, it's better than the day before. It's yeah. better than yesterday. If I can do that with everything, then you don't know when you're going to get, you know, to the top of the mountain, but you know, it's going to be better than yesterday. Yesterday, I only talked to my wife and kids for eight minutes. Let's make it nine today. Yesterday, you know, I didn't work out as hard as I wanted to. I left some, you know, in the gym because they had to go to duty or whatever. Today, I'm getting it all the way in. You know, I'm taking me first. You well, know? And something you talked about climbing to the top of the mountain. If you suffer with this, you may get to the top of the mountain and see another mountain, but be willing to put in the work. Yeah. So this is exactly where I am right now. I, I, I'm aware of the fact that sadness is going to happen regardless of whether or not I look for it. Yeah. I still look for it. And that's, that's my next mountain. So I made my last goodbye a good one. Yeah. And I'm going to work on making my next goodbye a good one. And then hopefully there's less goodbyes after that. Um, but it's something it's a hundred percent manageable. Yeah. Um, the biggest reason I wanted to talk about this today is because it's not an open conversation Mm. and it blows my mind because it's, it's everywhere that you look. You can walk down the street and see 10 people that probably need to talk to somebody. Mm-hmm. Like you said, maybe not a counselor. Maybe it's just you. Yeah. Maybe you say, hey, how are you? And they get to vent for 30 seconds and then they have a better day. Yeah. That guy asked and he cared, so I told him. And that just makes them have a better day. But it's, it's changing your surroundings so that you're in a positive circle of people. Yeah. And it, it can be anything. Anything that interests you. Or maybe something you want to do that you can't do yet. Mm-hmm. Even better, learn a new task while you work on yourself. So changing your surroundings, doing the work. Like, it's something out here I've had to put in more work. It, you know, when my friends committed suicide, I pulled yeah. back from the church. But my church is my positive circle. So I got back into it. It took a few weeks, unfortunately. Yeah. And in those few weeks, there was the negative self-talk came back. But you can fix it. You just got to be willing to put in the work. Yeah. It's just like the gym. I, I have an idea of what I want to be like five years from now and right. where I want to be with my anxiety to where I feel it coming so I can, I can work against it and fix it right away because mm-hmm. there's people that get there. I'm only a year and a half into dealing with this on a, on a level that I'm aware of what's happening. Right. 
So that's something that I want to work on. And along with that will come, you know, the better eating, the sleeping habits and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and also I want people to be receptive. If you're, if you have 10 friends and, and, you know, you see that guy that constantly is pulled back, he's on his phone when you guys are out doing fun things. Um, and he just seems too. like he doesn't care. Yeah. Engage them. Yeah. Don't have a friend that's just along for the ride. Yeah. Say, hey, man, there's a world outside your phone. Come do what we're doing. This is the. That's what I tell my oldest. We'll be in the phone, in the car riding. He's looking at his phone. I go, hey, I go, hey, look over there. Hey, what? I said, the real world, man. And that's why you're bored. Yeah. You're bored because you live in your cell phone, and when you run out of stuff to look at, you got nothing. Yeah. And then you're left. Okay, what do I do now? And then your mind wanders, and it's going to find something for you to do. Um, and that's, that's definitely been the continuing struggle for me, but what I'm going to do going forward is just talk to more people about it. Mm -hmm. Cause if it's something that, you know, if I help one person out of this podcast or we get six listeners and two of them say something to somebody, cause they didn't even realize that they had the right to feel this way, which sounds crazy. Right. Then it, it worked. Overwhelming positivity is definitely the message that I'm trying to put out no matter where you find it, as long as it's positive. Cause yeah. you can find a new circle of friends that everything sucks. We hate this too. We feel just like you. That's the wrong circle. I tell, I tell my, I keep bringing my oldest up, but I tell him, you'll be just like your friends, whoever they are, mm -hmm. you'll be just like them. So if you're around, if you're bored and you have some friends, they're probably boring friends. Go get some uh, safely exciting friends, but you know, go somewhere else, man, get some more positive friends or you be the positive guy. You put something together and have people follow you, you know? Mm -hmm. So if if yeah if you're if you're suffering through something, you start doing something. You put together some volunteer, go hang out with the old folks. You know, you do it because I think so many people just like I mean even this podcast and just life. So many people want to be consumers and no one wants to lead the thing. No one wants to start the thing. They always want to say, "Hey, where's the club? Why don't you just have a house party? It's at home." Every, it's at home. You got two spare bedrooms in case somebody drinks or just want to go to bed. You know, it's, they're out too late. You have everything that's comfortable to people. You do it. And since you're doing it, not that you're not going to have liquor or anything, but you can create this environment that's, that's good. Because mm -hmm. it can be a thing where, all right, well, this, 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 next week we're going to do a spades tournament. Like something that's so positive that people want to be around you. But if you go looking for that, you'll never find it. You know, and that's the, that's kind of the issue is, you know, trying to get yourself out of, out of depression or sadness. Sometimes you have to, you have to, like I was saying before, you have to do some disturbance. You have to go, I've never been to the tree of life, man. Let's drive out there or whatever. Let's just do something different. I'll be, I'll lead this. And sometimes. the tree of life? No. Okay, we need to go because you got a car. Man, forget that tree of life. I've seen a the the word, I've seen a picture of it, so it ruined it for me. There's a picture of it with eight people climbing, and I'm like, I don't know, man, tree of life. But it, I mean, it's, you're 100 percent right. Be the one that starts the thing that makes everybody have a better day. Start a party, start a tournament, start. Anything. Sometimes it's the conversation, or even I mean, a big thing uh, that we're both semi bashing beforehand is CrossFit. CrossFit creates a community. I'll still bash CrossFit, by the way. Even, so, though, like, I may, there, even though I may participate in there's it. There's so many bad CrossFit gyms out there yeah. that they make the bad name for everybody else that teach poor form or you just worried about the numbers. So you got one instructor and 100 students. Yeah. But it creates the mentality of a tribe. Mm -hmm. Your tribe is going to protect you. And that's what we want as humans. We want to be part of a tribe. Right. We want nobody, to be part of a group. And nobody's meant to start, stop, and solve a problem by themselves. Yeah. 
you may be able to, but you shouldn't have to do it every time. Even if you do do it, you should have a friend that you can say, Hey man, I had to deal with this thing yesterday. So, you know, what, what's your opinion on it? What's your take? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's the big thing, finding like-minded people to be in a better positive place. And I don't want anybody to listen to this and think we're both depressed. I nah, man. I've been there. I've done that. I'm never going back. And that's what I'm saying. But you, sometimes you have to get low. It's like dating a bad girlfriend. You go, oh, I'm never going back to that. And right. then that goes into foresight. You know, even with your wife, you see her start to do bad habits or something. You go, man, she's acting just like Christine. No, 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 no. And then you talk to her. It's an open conversation. You try to get ahead of it, man. And it's bad to say that you have to be low to not go there again. But it it, it doesn't. Well, it's true, though. So it's bad, but that's why you have this group of people to see you getting low. Go, whoa, 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 why are you drinking every day now? What's going on? Right. Let's go over here. Let's not drink anymore. Some people live their entire life with any adversity. Mm-hmm. You know, they got average grade in school. They got out. They got a job pretty quick. They went to college and got a degree in, in some random thing that was easy. Right. And they were even keel their whole life. Right. Right. This doesn't help them. But if somebody... Uh, got a DUI, if somebody's an alcoholic, if you have drug problems and drug addictions, which includes pills and opiates, if it's prescribed to you, you can still abuse it. Uh, All those things, anxiety, depression, just contemplating suicide, you do kind of have to hit rock bottom. I definitely did. Mm -hmm. Uh, And talking to other people that went through the same thing, especially in that class I went to, we all hit rock bottom before we realized there was a problem. Right. My rock bottom probably was slightly different because everybody on my boat saw it and it was like, Hey, you may not want help, but you're going to get it. Yeah. Uh, but if you are struggling with something that not everybody struggles with, mm-hmm. sometimes rock bottom tells you, you don't, you have a problem because you weren't willing to acknowledge it yourself. Yeah. And usually that gives you not a starting point, kind of a starting point, but a, a point that you're never going to go back to. Yeah. So I'm already identifying you know, negative markers of things that I know are going to put me in a bad place and I'm stopping them before they start. I'm talking about them. I'm doing stuff like this because your secrets own you. If, yeah. if you're worried about keeping everything a secret, which I realized I was doing for a long time, every conversation I had, Hey, let's talk offline. Mm-hmm. Let's talk away from all the people. I don't want anybody to hear my problems because my problems aren't significant. Your secrets own you. So if you go to church, you can confess to your pastor. If you got friends, you can confess to them. Just tell them what's on your mind. Somebody should know, right? If you bottle everything up that's ever happened to you your whole life and you've had a rough life, you're eventually going to have to deal with those things. Right. So don't let your secrets on you. <laughs> it's, it's, it sucks, but it's, sometimes it's hard to like, hey, this thing happened to me when I was 15. I really need somebody to know. Mm-hmm. Your friend may look at you like you're crazy, but it's no longer a secret. Right. All I would say if you're, if you're trying to start that path or you're like, hey, you know, I got some stuff that I need to get off my chest, tell it to the right person. Mm-hmm. Don't tell it to somebody that's going to tell everybody else and don't tell it to somebody that doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. Find that one person that's willing to listen. Well, I think that's a, uh, it's a pretty solid message. <laughs> I, do, I do think that's a solid message. So if people need help, go for it find it look for speak up i think is the biggest thing yeah speak the there you don't need to earn the right to feel bad if you feel bad say something um and just two resources if you don't have a way to speak out about something or 
uh, you're like me and you spend all your time alone in your house when you're a kid because your parents are gone, you're an only child. If that fits you, um, then call, you can call 1-800-273-TALK or 1-800-273-8255. If you Google it, it's the National Suicide Hotline. They will listen to you no matter what you have to say. They're not going to say, okay, you're not going to kill yourself, click. No, they're going to listen. They're, they're there to help anybody and everybody. There's no prerequisite. Uh, and if you're military, any branch of the military, you can call Military One Source, 1-800-342-9647. Uh, one more time, 1-800-342-9647. Uh, and speaking personally, before I was willing to talk to a counselor, um, they are willing to listen and help, and they get no closure. They don't ask you for your name. They don't ask mm. you for anything. What's going on in your life, and how can I help you? Right. So I can vouch for them that they, they work and it's effective. It, it definitely worked for me until I was willing to go the extra step and get the real help. That was a good starting point. Sounds good, man. I'm glad we uh, talked last week. Yeah, so am I. <laughs> All right, folks. Uh, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, remember, if you if you guys need help with anything. Uh, Comment on this video wherever you see it. Uh, you can find me at on Instagram at Armand underscore Hawker on Twitter the Garage Cast uh, and on Facebook. Reach out if you need it, and I think we're gonna sign off. Thanks guys for listening. Thank you, Shiloh Kenny. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Not a problem. Thank you.